the grade cricketer is a Twitter stream. It's about playing cricket at the grade level. It's a tough, mean, dirty, dirty business being a grade cricketer. A lot of cricketers, you know, that's all they know. They've mm. done it since they're 10 and they have a deep-seated fear of change. But the grade cricket is all about being the most alpha version of yourself as possible at all costs and at all times. I don't bat or bowl. I just feel the gully, count the number of dot balls in a row, sledge 15 yards, make me feel better about myself. Thanks, Thanks champ. champ. Oh, no, you called me champ. <laughs> And welcome to the Grey Cricketer Podcast. On this week's show, everything is cancelled and nothing will ever be the same again. But fuck, it was a great day out in Bondi last Friday. We're going around the grounds from the safety of our own homes as we speak to Tim Bresman in Leeds, Vatusha Nahantharaja in London, and Chief Medical Officer at Cricket Australia, Dr John Orchard, from back home in Australia. The people need a voice during these dark hours and there are hashtag RCGCs littered all through this week's show to discuss dreams, redemptions, right of replies from a previous show, winning a premiership with an asterisk, who's a good bloke and who's a shit bloke and what, if anything, any of this means. All this, of course, is thanks to budgiesmuggler.com.au. My name is Ian Higgins. I'm sitting here in Sydney. I'm joined by Sam Perry, who's sitting over there in Melbourne. Pez, good evening to you as we record on Sunday night. Yeah, good evening, Higgos. Fucking hell. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, He's eloquent. Uh, (laughs) Mate, I'm well, but I I want to answer that question with a question okay. in fact one that was written in uh to ask tgc buckle ups from harold jevons mm-hmm. and i think it's appropriate for the time that we're broadcasting in now dear ask tgc mm-hmm. as you're probably aware the ecb have suspended all recreational cricket this will plunge and may well be the nail in the coffin for many clubs whose financial situations are precarious at the best of times but that's all boring admin shit for the treasurer and secretary and other committee members to worry about mm-hmm. Before I get to my question, I'd like to propose that cricket is rather like democracy. Democracy is held in high regard as something to protect and something that we value. It is central to and indeed the pinnacle of our civil society. It pervades our daily lives, exerting influence on the way we think and the way we act. That We look at less democratic nations around the world and think, how lucky are we? Cricket is like democracy in the way we imagine it. The sun beating down on a thriving contest between bat and ball, a perfect cordial to water ratio, playing a textbook cover drive only to look up and see your father watching whose approval you have always sought, the crisp taste of the beer after a magnificent win. These are all things I imagine many club cricketers will be envisioning in the build-up to a new season commencing. But, as author Astra Taylor writes, democracy, at least in that idealistic, perfect government for the people, by the people sense, has never existed. Lobbyists and corporate interests exert undue force on electoral outcomes. Representative liberal democracies are not representative at all. I have voted in three elections in my lifetime, and I am yet to be represented by the person I voted for. The position of Prime Minister has been occupied disproportionately by men from a select number of elite fee-paying public, brackets, private schools. The bastion that we call democracy is a lie. The similarities to cricket are uncanny. Once you start actually playing cricket again, the myth of the gentleman's game is dispelled. Green and wet wickets on mostly cold and overcast Saturdays make the idea of a fair contest between bat and ball laughable. One week you'll pathetically chip up that cover drive you'll visualise for months straight to the fielder's hands. Next week you'll nick off that to one that moves a mile off the seam and is utterly unplayable. The week after you'll inside edge one onto your pads only for the elderly umpire who is cold uh, and wants, to tea, wants his tea to trigger you. Despite this, despite the misery and shame and boredom and humiliation one endures every single Saturday afternoon during the season, we need cricket. The continuity and structure to the summer that cricket provides delivers a sense of safety and familiarity. The known unknown, a wet and cold mid-April Saturday without cricket, is a scary and sad thought. Like cricket, we know our democracy does not work for the vast majority of people, but the consequences of it not existing are even more daunting. 
There will be no club cricket in the UK in a few weeks' time. I should be celebrating. The truth is, these are unprecedented and incredibly depressing days. In light of this, I put, you, I put to you the title of Taylor's book, but I've replaced the word democracy with cricket. Cricket may not exist, but we'll miss it when it's gone. <laughs> to conclude with my question, should I revert to my trigger movement that brought me some success in my late teens, or do I stick to my tall, still and upright Johnny Bairstow-esque stance? Cheers, Harry. He goes. He hasn't addressed the real question. How the fuck do you stop touching your face? <laughs> I don't know how you... Uh, mate, it's a real problem. It's a real... <laughs> What is it? Can uh, I check in with you uh, quick, quickly? He go goes, on, um, uh, you know, as, as, we, as we go to air, there's a um, you know, there's a global pandemic, yep, um, called COVID nineteen. Heard of it? Um, people in hospitals are saying COVID, not COVID. Okay. So um, it'll be double V. But anyway, how how are you? <laughs> I've gone, mate. It feels ages since we've done a show because we did the last one on Friday. So it's been eight, nine, ten days since mm. we've done the show. So and and heaps has changed in that time. <laughs> Fuck it, hell, yeah. man. Um, yeah. I don't know where to begin. Like we, we've, it's we're recording this Sunday evening, and um, New South Wales and Victoria are about to go into lockdown. Tasmania, our, our fair Apple, Apple Isle to the south of the mainland, is has been closed for a while. Northern Territory lockdown as well. We've seen lockdowns in Italy and New York and Los Angeles and London, and it's um, uh, it's uh, it's weird because part of it is like everyone's freaking out, you know, being trapped in a in their apartments or their homes or whatever. And then the other part is like, well, I'm really terrified for the elderly and your parents and you're worried about close relatives. And But also there's no sport on anymore, so I don't know what to do. Um, but, you know, we've got this podcast, so we need, to, we need to speak to the people and the people need this. You know, there's like a thing, what is it? Um, it's, a th- it's like a um, circad- circadian rhythm, like where you have like this, you know, thing where you go through every single day. And like cricket's part of that to sort of answer loosely Harry's question of like, yeah. you get into the summer season and like, you know, that's what you do. You play cricket. And we, we joke about this all the time about fear of change and all that stuff. But it is a thing of like the season's changed. And, the, and if, if you're in the UK, it gets this time of year where, you know, you're just finishing winter next. The, you know, the, the frost is coming off the outfield and you're just about to get into the season. And you think, yeah, I'm going to dust off the kit. And you th- start thinking about cricket. And now like none of that's happening. So yeah. your sort of circadian rhythm's all fucked up, and um, even though like we're still doing this, we're doing it now remotely as we, as we've done it many times before. But we sort of got over that, and it's weird, and I don't like it, and it's change, and it's scary, and it's all uncertain. But um, fuck, Damien Martin had a good cover drive, didn't he? Didn't he? Yeah, we'll always <laughs> make sure you you end any earnest uh, monologue with with a joke. Yep. But um, uh, what I liked about Harry's question as well, he goes is um, like it just goes to show that like. You know, in times of deep distress, you always overlay cricket phenomena with real life. You so, and you know, if anything else, this entire show—if nothing else, this entire show—is like lazily overlaying club cricket phenomena mm-hmm. onto real life scenarios. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see a lot of it now. And, mm-hmm. and it was appropriate that Sachin Tendulkar started say doing this already. Did that, yeah. So, we're, like, we're going to come to him. We're going to come to him later. But um, <laughs> you know, he said we needed a test match mentality. You know, yeah. that there were two innings, and when the conditions are tough, like we need to be watchful or some mm-hmm. shit. There was something we and I'm thinking, understand. yes, yes. That may be right, Sachin, and you may I, I may think that you were better than, than Coley, possibly by virtue of the age I was when I became aware of yeah. you. Um, but also, if you're going to provide cricket metaphors to um, COVID-19, to coronavirus, you know, why don't we just hire an overseas gun, you know, <laughs> a.k.a. a vaccine, um, through embezzled money, a.k.a. black market relations with Asia, yeah. and blast the opposition, a.k.a. coronavirus, back to Division 2 mm-hmm. and get them relegated. <laughs> Easy game when you're talking metaphors, isn't it? 
<laughs> what's sort of kind of, but, what's 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 um what's what's big data doing you know what's yeah, yeah what's da- where's data in this where he's just uh, postponing <laughs> he's, he's basically the club president he's basically the club yeah. president he's going to throw some money in it there's no roi on that you know um i don't know what the roi would be maybe some sort of investment in a vaccine or something um but yeah. I, I am always wondering what data's doing uh he's sorry take a, yeah, take a photo of, of steve war recently steve war's always just knocking about steve war is somehow involved in this he's he's the answer to this and i don't know exactly how but he is um steve war will find a way to um compare graphs about the um exponential environment we're living in with cases to his exponential explosion <laughs> in runs you know 96 97 <laughs> Oh, you start. You, you I was also number one for Kate's <laughs> for I like the idea of uh, Sachin like seeing everything through a cricket prism. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, someone's saying, "Oh, Sachin, how would you play COVID nineteen? Mm-hmm. You'd be like, "Oh, yeah, you know, leave everything outside off early, be disciplined, precise round off. You know, mm-hmm. make it bowl to me. Mm-hmm. You know, pick it off when it straightens. Try to make me play easy <laughs> runs. You know, bat at the other end." <laughs> That's a man who's played 200 test matches, and he's just, it's something we can all relate to. Um, you just got to play straight. Um, but, you know, as we know, it'll do a bit early and then a lot later. Um, Pez, uh, basically, like. Can I, say, can I say, Higo, go sorry? I mean, just it, because there are a lot of people who listen to us, can we say a couple of things very quickly? There are a lot of people. This is not a medical communication show. Um, no. But read Dr. John Dwyer's article in Sydney Morning Herald today Maximum pain, maximum gain. Do whatever you can to limit community transition of a highly contagious virus doing so doesn't just protect yourself protects others and it's an act of love um so yeah in, in other words you know as a good bowler i'm bad at the other end uh you know or trying to think of other metaphors he goes you know maybe push the field back <laughs> maybe give him one i didn't understand what don't you let him get away which words you were speaking but now you put in the cricket context i fully understand <laughs> what is happening now uh, um, see him off. Be patient. You know, put the you know put the big shots. You know, e.g. pints, getting a coffee at the cafe <laughs> away. Fucking hell. <laughs> you know, or maybe it's like the nets. You know, like it's like because we can't be trusted not to sky one. The coach, aka you know, the law, mm-hmm. is now has to get authoritarian. So if you hit one out of the net, everyone's out. Yeah, you know, no one could be trusted. Well, the law's that's changing. kind of where we're at the moment. It, the law has been a change issue. It's gone from like a Darren Lehman style where you just go out there and give it a whack, and now we put. Justin Langman there and he's angry and he's got oh, fucking hell this is weird <laughs> but, but, but who's Trevor Bayless um, mate basically <laughs> basically basically the entire agenda is just things that have been cancelled um, and as I said before heaps has changed since we last did a show um, and because before we were doing a show it was the afternoon of the first ODI game between Australia and New Zealand um, which the main takeaway from that was Lockie Ferguson contracted uh, COVID-19, I believe, or at least he had uh, symptoms pertaining to, which we might ask uh, Dr. John about <clears throat> in just a moment's time. But, um, geez, if that series didn't mean anything before, um, geez, it meant absolutely nothing real quick when they had to... That was that was the first one in Australia, wasn't it, where there were no fans? Because uh, it was before the football season started, right? Yeah, I mean, just completely weird. Um, I think cricket's got a bit lucky, hasn't it, in, in turn, like, at least in Australia, I should say. Yeah. Um, in terms of getting through the majority of its yeah. season. Uh, obviously, we're going to talk about the New South Wales Sheffield Shield win, which is a great Google Hangouts uh, team song yeah. and, and circuit and stuff like yeah. that. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it it was very eerie. I think people have kind of gone over it, got over it before, and, look, we are going to miss sport, but I think there are some bigger fish to fry here. So. Yeah, you're probably right, mate. Uh, yeah. I just noticed uh, Warren August wrote in because uh, it's sort of the end of the end of the summer now, and people are sort of really diving into this um, this Amazon um, 
uh, true. series, um, the test, and uh, Warren August writes in, he says, Hi, lads, love the show every week. I have a dilemma. I've just finished watching the test on Amazon, something I'd never thought I'd ever feel in my life. I kind of like the Australian cricket team. As a staunch Black Caps fan that, is, uh, that has given me so many highs and lows in my 32 years of life, how can I possibly start liking a team that I have been taught to despise and hate? How can I have a soft spot for a team I used to yell abuse at, mainly Brett Lee, at the Eden Park terraces back in my school days? Or was this documentary a facade? How can hashtag Sandpapergate change a team of cucks, cucks to Rhodes Scholars in the space of a few months? How can I possibly think Davey Warner is a lad that I could, I could have a beer with in Bondi and possibly have things in common? Or is, just, or is this confusion because I'm nearing 10 years living in this great country and thinking about getting a dual passport? Just a quick one. We was at the shops the other day and saw a young 8- to 9-year-old girl running up at the Kmart aisle, shadow bowling with a perfect action. So well done to the Aussie women for what they are doing to grow the women's game and providing a future for our girls. As a dad with a 14-month-old daughter, I'm very excited. P.S. My, my cricket batting average is 32.78, 24.62, and I've been told many times that my cover drive is just a, just as, if not more elegant, than the great Mark War slash Damien Martin combined. Cheers, was. All right. Well, Heaps going stuck on. To the temp- but he's asking, stuck to the template there. Yeah, yeah, you said some KPIs. But he's asking, like, basically, has this documentary, which I'm sure a lot of people have been watching now as they've been self-isolating, um, has, has it changed people's perception? You know, do you want to have a beer with Dave Warner now? Oh, well, that was the first bit I was going to pick up on, mm. unfairly, because I broadly agree with the idea. I think the players come out of it looking pretty good mm-hmm. in the Amazon documentary, but um, I don't think it's probably going a bit far to, to, to say you'd watch the documentary and think that you'd want to have a beer with David Warren and Bondi, <laughs> but just pers- Mate, can personally. We, can more we... because I'm remembering how he looked at us when we <laughs> interviewed him recently. Say, like, like I it's more, I don't that. want to have a beer with someone who doesn't want to have one with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's heaps of people who are ungettable on this show, and Dave Warner's probably yeah. one of those. But like, we've never yeah. spoken to him before, and um, we interviewed him at the what was that, the Cricket Australia Awards on red carpet, and he came over, and I just fuck, I felt like I was batting in the Ashes for England, and he was a gully, just the way he was looking yeah. at us. I think our producer yeah. Tara took a photo, and it's just him glaring, just <laughs> just glaring yeah. into the depths of my soul, and I was yeah. so scared. Um, yeah. So, so let's just got, yeah, got let's feeling. Just... I agree. And the other thing I liked, though, um, from Warren was the, the image of the eight to nine-year-old girl, girl running up Kmart, running yep. up Kmart oil, uh, aisle, can I talk, shadow bowling mm-hmm. with a perfect action. Uh, I think that's a great image, and I think it would be a good, great ad campaign as well. It actually makes me feel proud to be Australian, that like someone who might you know be from another country mm. sees an eight to nine-year-old girl in a Kmart aisle bowling mm. and just thinks, yeah, good, good action, actually. Mm. Tucks that left arm in. Uh, and then I, I, just something I want to pick up here as well, because I've heard this a few times now, people referring to Mark War's cover drive. Now, of course, every shot Mark War played was mm. excellent and looked beautiful, but like what his icon shot was whipping off the pads yeah, 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 and any sure. talk to the contrary should be shut down. I would say cutting um, and off the pads, that, those were his strengths. Okay. I mean, it's sort of like, it's sort of like off the pads yeah. and daylight to whatever comes yeah, next for me. Yeah, I agree. So anyway. Yeah, what a weird conversation for a 34-year-old to have. <laughs> oh, mate, absolute daylight. Hey, um, England's tour of Sri Lanka, um, that got binned pretty quickly. Um, yeah. And uh, I don't think... Here's put... things that have been binned. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Well, there's also, I mean, you talk about cricket in England because heaps of people listen to this from the UK and they're getting excited for their UK season. Now they're kind of focusing on, well, they're, they're sort of almost coming to terms with the fact that there might be no club cricket this year. But in terms of professional cricket, there's going to be no professional cricket until May 28. Um, obviously, we've got, we've got Brezzy Lad on the show, so we might yeah. uh, ask him what you know what's happening in his WhatsApp groups. But 
um, cricket in England is really far away. I mean, they're probably going to finish focus more on finishing the Premier League first, right? <laughs> I don't know. I have I have no idea. Everything is completely unprecedented. I don't know how um, from the yeah from from the space in my place in Melbourne I can um, speculate about how England is going to manage their way through this global pandemic in a sporting context I don't know I don't know it's it's just amazing it's crazy how it is uh, how how locked down everybody's going to be uh, and rightly so well, but, well also um, I should say he goes actually mm-hmm. that like the great cricketer though will be here through through the isolation we will keep casting mm-hmm. um, we have a few ideas in the works through this period uh, especially because there's a good chance our English audience may not see much cricket, if any, mm. through the summer, uh, and to stay tuned. Well, um, another person who won't see much cricket in the UK is Dave Warner, um, who's pulled out of the <laughs> hundred, citing family and personal reasons. Uh, now, Stoinis is due to replace him for the t- uh, his team, the Southern Brave, the Hampshire-based side. Now, that, uh, the hundred's due to be played between July 17 and August 15. The women's comp starts a week later and finishes on August 14, the day before the the men's final. But um, obviously. The ECB have put huge funds. I mean, this is a great thing to talk about Vish about a little bit later on. But I wouldn't be surprised if they if they just try to play the hundred at all costs and bins like everything else, test test cricket, county championship, all the other stuff, and just try and play the hundred at some point. I mean, because they've invested so much in this, and it's like a huge thing that they need to keep growing the game, especially after what what was a great summer last year as well. Oh man, I'm 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 sure if like there's I mean, we're in, like, authoritarian rule now, you know. Mm. If there's a government mandate where these things are possible to do, then I'm sure that the ECB will make the appropriate decision uh, in relation to that. But um, it's very difficult to imagine at the moment Mm. how anything that is other than completely necessary for the basic functioning of an economy and society (laughs) is is allowed to be done. So that's why the rugby league's going to go ahead. Well, that's right, and you know, and it's really wonderful seeing the entirety of the rugby league industry stand behind Peter Landis, <laughs> who clearly exudes a level of power that I don't quite understand. I can only guess mm. as a Sydney identity, but um, it, that is truly remarkable, and um, I'm even afraid to criticise it because I would like to live and I have a child. So yeah. Hey mate, um, the IPL has been postponed until April 15. Uh, what, 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 what percentage do you reckon is the chance that the IPL is going to start on April 15? Zero. <laughs> One, I'm afraid to say anything zero percent now after given given what my life was two weeks ago and everyone else's was and what it is now. Mm. <laughs> Who are you going to go Martial for? Martial law now. I don't know, you know. World challenges. Yeah, um, yeah, man. No, it's it's binned. It's gone. <laughs> IPL gone. Uh, I tell you what else was been the Sheffield Shield, New South Wales win. That was an easy decision. They just they just stopped playing the cricket. They were just like, nah, that'll do. Uh, Sheffield Shield winners, New South Wales. Well, that must be a weird feeling. Because, I mean, heaps of comps. I mean, also, all of Australian grade cricket, let's not call it premier cricket, let's call it what it is, grade cricket, um, was, was binned for the most part. Um, and so people winning competitions left, right, centre, but New South Wales happened to, to win the Shield. And uh, weren't we all heavily invested in that? <laughs> yeah, well, it looks like Victoria were making a late charge for that. So mm. I, have, I have enjoyed... Um Ernest Victorians getting um, a little bit upset about that, but I think most people understand that. Uh, it, it, I think the shield is a little bit different, you know, because like it, although there is um, a final, it is weighted towards the person, the, the team that finishes first past the post. Yeah. As in, they the, the team that finishes first past the post 
literally has an easier route to winning or to, to, to winning the shield than the team who enters the final with them. Yeah. In that, a you play it at home, but b you don't need to necessarily win. Yeah. So th- the fact that you are ahead does count for something. It's not like yeah. everything goes back to to evens by the time the final begins. So I do understand the decision, and uh, you know I hope any any club team out there who's won a title by virtue of being ahead should celebrate it with as much gusto as possible once you get the opportunity to do so well, uh, with your friends please don't break the law and please actually a bit, a bit you know should have some civic duty but um <laughs> I, in, you know as as our english fans would know embrace the asterisk you know well, embrace yeah, it mate, for all point. it's worth good point well mate jason goss writes in he says hey gents hey agents i know you hate long paragraphs but i don't but I don't. Just wanted to figure if I'm a shit bloke or not. With the coronavirus spreading nice. like crazy along with the Shield final being cancelled, so was our final series here in Adelaide. <clears throat> Subsequently, our side finishing top of the table by two games was awarded the Premiership this afternoon. A few of the guys' reactions were those of sadness or feeling hollow, of not being able to win it on the day. Me, on the other hand, a soon-to-be father, thought it was a great cause. It meant the celebration... So, sorry, thought it was great because it meant the celebrations just get to start early and that I don't have to spend two consecutive weekends, Saturday and Sundays, in the field just to win a flag we were going to win anyway. Am I a shit bloke for loving winning the flag just as much if we'd have done it on match day or are my teammates the shit blokes for not being keen on sinking wild turkeys two weeks early? Thank you kindly for your input, Jason. P.S. Just completely not related to the question, a Ben wrote in a couple of weeks back bagging an opposition skipper for making his team rock up even though the day's play was going to be rained out. Episode 109 at the 46th minute mark. That was in fact our club and our coach will soon be sending in a reply. Okay. Um, Which Uh, will be addressed in RCDC. But yeah, Pez, his first point. uh, Jason, as I said earlier, these premierships are better than... um, gets conventionally won premierships and they should be celebrated accordingly they are anxiety free premierships you didn't have to experience any anxiety Mm -hmm. on the day so i say rip in 100 percent, and i think your teammates are wrong and they're shit blokes yeah and it seems that you're quite a binary person (laughs) you've used the term shit blokes i think three times um i would have liked to have seen india when they when they won against england in the women's world cup semi-final to sing the song on the team covers on on the covers as we've said as we've said that's what should have happened england unfortunately they they, you know they they did very well to make it to the final to the semi-final um but they you know they finished below india india got through the final and should have celebrated accordingly and you should do such you should be out there on the covers you should be out there in the street in the club uh in the club sponsor even go to the uh, the opposition's home ground and sing the song there as well. Uh, just get out there and celebrate not having to win, but, but by winning by virtue of finishing higher earlier in the season. <laughs> Three guests on the show this week, as you know. Uh, Dr John Orchard is coming up. Then after that, Vitush Nahantharaja. And after that, Tim Breslin. Someday you will find me caught beneath the landslide In a champagne soap and over in the sky Wash your hands, you little fuckers Right, here goes, uh, and all. Dr. John Orchard is a physician with over 20 years' experience. He's Cricket Australia's chief medical officer, the head honcho uh, there. He's also with Cricket New South Wales, the Sydney Sixers. He's previously worked with the Roosters, New South Wales Origin, and the Swans. He's also a prolific retweeter of the great cricketer. Uh, and while these probably weren't the circumstances <laughs> in which he dreamt of a call-up to the cast, we are nevertheless very grateful that Cricket Australia has made Dr. Orchard available. John, 
can I call you that? <laughs> uh, thanks for call, uh, joining the Great Cricketer. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, call me John, and um, I'll, I'll let you know from the start that I can assume as an essential service, so I hope you guys don't get shut down this week by the New South Wales <laughs> government. <laughs> well, I guess, you know, John, uh, people might be wondering why you're on, so the first question on everyone's lips, you know, are workloads. Uh, no, just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, I suppose we... We wanted to get you on as a, as a senior medical authority in Australian cricket. Uh, you know, how would you describe what we're seeing with COVID nineteen, and what advice have you provided Cricket Australia? Yeah, look, it's um, it's a big question. You could probably let me go for half an hour on on just those two. It's um, it's obviously the um, biggest thing in the world, I think, since World War Two. I don't think that's an exaggeration. It's sort of our our um, generation's um, experience on what it's like to live in. Um, bizarre, um, arduous circumstances and uh, we're going to shake up society to the core. And um, I think people have got their heads around the reason um, for this um, and the reason simply is um, that um, health systems in pretty much all countries um, have a capacity which is fairly fairly um, standard and um, the number of beds required in a hospital at any given time is fairly fixed. Um, and almost all countries operate close to capacity and fortunately for all countries, most of the time, the number of people who need hospitals is fairly standard. In a pandemic situation, uh, you've got the possibility that the number requiring intensive care units, emergency department visits, etc., hospital admissions will surge to much higher than normal. And the scenes that we've seen basically at Woolworths and Coles um, could be seen in um, ICU units um, if we let the pandemic get out of control. So we're obviously shutting down society so that we don't have the hospital systems overwhelmed as has been seen in um, parts of China, Italy, Iran, and now parts of the US and, and countries like Spain and France. So we, mm. we pretty much have to shut down society and we're all not fully aware of what the economic consequences are going to be. So it's the scary thing. From a health mm. point of view, it looks like we don't have any option. From an economic point of view, we don't know whether the reset is going to be difficult or um, massively difficult. And so it's, um, it's, it's uncharted territory and it's uh, scaring everyone as it should. But from the health viewpoint, Australia is on the lucky side in that it's hitting us a few weeks after it's hit other countries. So we've got um, a bit of vision of what, what it will be like if we don't act um, mm. from many of the European countries where there's a lot of video that's um, come out of them and we, we've been, we're given a bit of a warning and I think that it's pretty much moved the needle so that both sides of politics and most experts are in agreement that we've got to shut down what we consider uh, non-essential services in society and we're, we're rolling that out as we speak. Um, so sport is affected and um, cricket's been affected. Well, yeah, ju just on that as well, with, with cricket being affected and, and the, you're seeing these like massive decisions, really hard, difficult decisions made by governments and, and, and policy makers, decision makers all over the world. But Australia and Cricket Australia as well, along with the New Zealand Cricket Association, were one of the first people to make one of these big decisions in Australia. Anyway, we saw the, the ending of that ODI series against New Zealand over here, the, the one game at the, S, uh, the SCG. We saw, was it Lockie Ferguson um, had symptoms of, of COVID-19 as well? I mean, were you part of the conversations to sort of end? End the end that series very quickly. Was it a, was it an easy decision? Were, were you sort of part of those discussions at all? Yeah, definitely have been a, a big part of it. And I can give you a rundown on, on how it works in cricket. And also, I can tell you that that the major sports all work in a similar fashion. So, mm -hmm. the the major sports have all put together 
a war room um, of people who are making um, the decisions on whether sport either changes, so to play in front of no crowd or is suspended. Mm-hmm. And um, those major gr- that, that core group is taking medical advice as the most important advice that they get, and that, that gets funneled to them through the chief medical officers. Um, but then the medical advice has to be weighed up. And this is almost exactly the same as how it's working at government. The medical advice then has to be weighed up against other considerations, particularly the economic considerations. And so that mm-hmm. is different for every sport and it's different for every layer of government. So uh, mm-hmm. you can't look at health in a vacuum. Health is, is part of society. And if we have economic collapse, then um, there'll be even worse health outcomes from economic collapse. So, so it's not that the chief medical officer makes a decision to suspend a sport or play in front of no crowd. The chief medical officer will pass on the health uh, advisory and say, mm-hmm. from a health point of view, it will um, improve things a lot by having no crowd at a game and it would improve things even more in terms of um, non-transmission of potential virus if anyone was positive or and also, in fact, um, setting a good standard for the rest of society to follow mm-hmm. if we shut the sport down completely and then the the uh, room will be made up of the chief executive officer and a few other key um, senior executive members will then make a decision on what the sport actually does and I'm, I'm very much aware that that's how cricket did it, it's the right process and that's exactly mm-hmm. what's happening with the AFL and the NRL and, and the other major sports there it's not being... Um, done in a laissez-faire fashion anywhere. It's looked at as the most serious issue by far above and beyond anything else, but you do have to balance the health considerations with the economic ones. And in cricket's case, I'm very pleased that the um, leaders in cricket, and that's the CEO and the board of mm-hmm. Cricket Australia, um, were, were quick to say um, we're in a position where we think the health considerations are extremely important, so we will push the button to initially not have a crowd and then suspend cricket um, very quickly. Mm. And that showed great leadership and, and obviously was something that was, was a great outcome from a health perspective. Yeah. Uh, they were in a position, obviously, where they could do that a bit easier than um, at the end of the season than at the start of the season with the football mm. codes. But, um, but being the first cab off the rank, the first sport to say we'll play um, in front of no crowd and mm. then we'll shut down all forms of cricket showed great leadership and I'm really pleased that, uh, that the um, leaders at Cricket Australia sort of stepped up and, and did the right thing and uh, it's looking like a majority of uh, so-called non-essential bodies will follow suit. Um, but, mm. you know, there is, a, there is also an argument to say that uh, watching live sport is borderline essential for Australians and I, I also get that side of it that it lists the spirits of the country if you can still play. So it's a, it's not a black and white argument and mm. I think all the sports have handled it very maturely this week but I'm, I'm proud to say um, that um, you know, obviously I, I am biased being someone who works for Cricket Australia but really proud of how they've um, managed the situation and how they've stepped up over the last uh, couple of weeks. Mm. John, um, there's a pretty strong number of club cricketers you know, past and present who listen to this show, not just from Australia but overseas. You know, what what advice as a chief medical officer of Cricket Australia, but just a, a senior physician, you know, would you give to cricketers um, all around the world, especially those in the Northern Hemisphere whose season was scheduled to start, mm. you know, in terms of their behaviour and what they can do here to, um, you know, assist from a civic perspective um, with this pandemic? 
Yeah, look, cr- um, cricket is a great sport and it's a great form of exercise. And as a sports and exercise medicine physician, I'm very pro-exercise. And in fact, exercise is so good for you, it will uh, lower your um, cause of dying from everything that we've, or almost everything that we've got recorded as a major cause of death. So it reduces your risk of cancer, reduces your risk of cardiovascular disease, reduces your risk of diabetes, etc., etc. So exercise is extremely good for you. And in this epidemic, you should not stop exercising. Um, cricket goes very close to being a sport that you can um, play with social distancing. And there's a few good, great cricketer jokes in that in terms of social distancing. <laughs> and that's a big, really? big part of... Um, you guys um, about how um, you know it's an individual sport within a team sport, but a few key features that a few few key features that make it really difficult to continue on with cricket games. Um, and you know, some of the more obvious ones are that many of the volunteers who work in cricket are in the over sixty age group, mm. particularly um, required to social distance because if they do pick up this virus, they're very vulnerable, and so. Um, having pressure for them to turn up and do their volunteer job is not good. They're the people who particularly should be staying at home. Um, secondly, even though we can make jokes on the great cricket about being an individual sport and about individual cricketers hating their teammates, which is you know all sort of grain, <laughs> grain of truth, um, it is a, it is a, it is a team sport where you need eleven. And you know if there is someone who decides that they can't play because they've got a um, a, a sick parent that they're living with with cancer and think I can't afford to socialise, it's mm. very hard when you've got a team environment of 11 players and, and one person thinking, um, I'm going to let the team down if I if I don't turn up, but I've got my sick, sick um, dad or my sick mum with cancer, I can't go out and socialise and risk passing this on to my um, ill parent, but I feel in very much a bind um, that I'll be letting the rest of the team down because if we've only got 10 people, then we can't go ahead and play. So that's the, that's the problem that cricket has. It's not quite um, what golf and tennis have got where you're much smaller numbers and mm. much less reliant on your teammates to turn up but obviously it's not a contact sport like the football codes and and therefore you can um, have the potential of, of lower transmission but it's very hard when you've got some people who may not need, uh, may not be able to come and obviously the officials um, um, may be of an age group where it's not suitable for them to be in a, in a social situation at all. So I think cricket's made the right call and it's not quite there, but it, it does get very close. And I would say to those cricketers in the Northern Hemisphere that uh, you unfortunately just have to ride this out just like this. There's people doing it a lot harder, people who are working in... Um, tourism industries, um, mm. entertainment industries, etc., cetera, uh, that have seen their ability to earn an income just fall off a cliff. And unfortunately, um, they're going to they're gonna be doing it really badly. And the sacrifice that cricketers are going to have to make in the short term is a big one, but it's not as big a sacrifice as some other people are making. And cricketers should, where they're in a situation where they're not under complete lockdown, they should realise that they're exercises first and cricketers second, and they should get out and uh, go for a, a walk where they can, go for a jog where they can, have a round of golf. They also play a bit of golf on the side. Keep themselves fit because that's going to be good for your health no matter what, and it would also probably improve your chances of survival from a nasty virus if you if you maintain your physical which is a strength that you've got as a cricketer, and you should keep it up even during this epidemic. 
And you might look better on the circuit too, um, Dr. John Orchard, <laughs> when the circuit comes back. The circuit, is. you can't go on anymore. Then yeah, you're, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, no, chat roulette. Warning, so, do, um, not, do, not, do not do this at home. You, you are now on the virtual circuit. You are now um, you are on the virtual Zoom circuit. You are, you, are, you are now getting on Skype, getting on Zoom, and doing it all um, from the comfort of your lounge room. So you can still, I mean, people have talked about that you can still maintain social contact, but you've got to avoid physical contact. So, um, yeah, so unfortunately, the, the going to pubs, the going to um, nightclubs, the going to um, um, the, the physical circuit, unfortunately, is um, in shutdown at the moment, and we're, we're, we're going to miss it, but we will hope to be able to take up uh, that again when we return to normality, and we hope normality is not too far away. Dr. John Orchard, thank you very much for joining uh, the podcast. That's been a pleasure talking to you guys, and I'm a big fan. And keep up the humour because it's very important to help us get through. If I get corona, I get corona. At the end of the day, I'm not going to let it stop me from partying. You know, I've been waiting. We've been waiting for Miami spring break for a while. About two months we've had this trip planned. Two, three months. So we're just out here having a good time. Whatever happens, happens. Uh, our great pleasure to welcome back, in strange circumstances, of course, but still great to welcome back one of our very best friends on the pod, Vatusha Nahantharaja, now sports feature writer for Indie Sport and Independent uh, in the UK. Vish, welcome back to The Grey Cricketer. Thank you for having me. Very welcome. Um, obviously, we've got a bit of a UK vibe on the show this week because we sort of felt like most of the people who are listening to the show from the UK will be extremely excited heading into their cricket season. Now, I know you cover a whole bunch of different sports. Um, can you just kind of give us a sense from a media perspective on what coronavirus is, you know, is doing to cricket in the short term and perhaps long term from, a, from the UK side of things? Well, I suppose you know, the greatest examples you can give about how like society and sport as a whole have been affected by this is I suppose starting from the top down and when you see Josh Butler in full white batting helmet and spikes <laughs> doing Pilates with his wife I think I think that, that paints as vivid a picture as you need really about the situation over here um, the greatest white ball player the greatest nationally talented batsman we've ever produced and he's doing downward dog you know that's, <laughs> that's, that's where we are now when he should be uh, in Sri Lanka but no, it's been a strange one. Um, I don't know if you saw last week, but uh, the ECB have um, basically said that the, the professional season is not going to start at least until May 28th. Um, and you know, who knows from then? They're working on basically three different plans. The, um, because of the ever-shifting goalposts of this, the, you know, a plan for the season starts in June, if it starts in July, if it starts in August. And ultimately, if it doesn't happen at all, um, in terms of club cricket here as well, that's been... Suspended indefinitely, um, which would obviously please a lot of blokes. But then this is the kind of point of the season where you've got a bit of optimism about it. <laughs> you know, people have been, you know, yeah. people have been shadow batting well. They've been netting well. You know, they've seen yeah. they've seen the ball shoot up. And I, I think we're also getting to that mm. stage now where I think I mentioned it yesterday to someone on Twitter. I just, um, you know, I don't really play a lot of, a lot of club cricket anymore, but I, I'm kind of starting to itch for that feeling of going back to a ball that just dribbles along and clips me in the shin. <laughs> I just want to feel whole again, you know. But, um, that's, basically, that's, uh, that's, that's basically where we're at. Isn't it? And, and like some, you know, how, how many rain delays have we all lived through? You'd think this would be natural to cricketers if anyone else, but um, <laughs> I think we're all struggling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the one thing Sachin didn't say. 
Uh, we saw um, we saw uh, we saw we saw uh, we saw Ian Bell as well, just uh, cover driving some uh, some some bog roll after his son, then walking down the wicket and saying, "Don't bowl there." To his son, who I believe is looks about three or four. So yeah, we're all, we're yeah. all missing the game. We're all missing the game, aren't we? Which I want, I want to ask you, which um, I mean, like, how important, mate, is is for the the hundred to get off the ground this summer? I mean, would it be absolutely cataclysmic if 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 that tournament couldn't go ahead this this summer anyway? Yeah, yeah, but just purely because of the way that the ECB have leveraged so much of the game, often that it is it's. You know, even though we've we've never had it before, it's already quite a lucrative part of the summer. So um, they they've basically got three priorities of you know they're, they're prioritising the three um, money making um, competitions this summer for whatever window they have to play, and that's international cricket, the T20 Blast, which involves all 18 counties, and then the 100, which involves eight new teams, kind of made up of mishmashes of, of various different counties. Um, International cricket. I don't understand. I don't understand how they they could pull that off, even if there is a window. Considering that there are various travel restrictions, or you know, so if they're going to be listed, I can't see them be listed anytime soon. Um, so that seems quite hopeful. And I don't even know if the West Indies would want to come over here, considering how that part of the world has been so far been relatively untouched in, in the grand scheme of things. Um, but yeah, with regards to the hundred, they. <laughs> It will help them fulfill broadcast rights. Every game of the men's hundreds is going to be broadcast. A few games of the women's hundreds are going to be going to be broadcast. Um, mm. So yeah, if, if we get no cricket whatsoever, having spoken to a few players last week, I think there's a there's a fear on a kind of micro and macroeconomic level that this could um, shit could really hit the fan. I, I feel a bit bad for yeah. using macro and microeconomic followed by shit hitting the fan, but it's that's too, <laughs> most, of, most appropriate right now. A bit high and low, brother. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. Some of it... <laughs> so commentating on your own Some commentary. Of... <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sledging myself now. This is what self-quarantine does to you. You become, you become mm. your own worst enemy. Mm. <laughs> you, you know, you're shadow batting and you're, you're a first slip sitting in your own ear. Um, but it's, it's, it's interesting because some counties will be in, in, in real strife because it's not just about the playing side of it. It's not just about the gate receipts. But a lot of these places, and you know, you've been to grounds up and down the country in the UK, they actually make a lot of their money from their event hires. So whether those are like mm. end-of-season dues or their weddings or parties or birthdays or whatever, that tends to be something that helps them, you know, uh, you know it helps them bring in money between mm. T20 games and you know, limited over matches because obviously Red Bull doesn't... Red Bull's never made anyone money. Don't listen to whatever they tell you. Unless, you know... <laughs> It's all about the white ball. It's all about the leg side, as we're about to find out. Mm. So, you know, we're, I, think, I think there's um, the, the one thing. The one bad thing about the hundred is that the ECB has thrown so much money at, so much money at it that having had quite hefty cash reserves that would be, you know, perfect for a time like this. An unforeseen time, but perfect for a time like this. Those are now dwindled because of all the effort and cash put behind the hundred that. Suddenly, things like bailouts are, are less likely, and mm. I think the ETB and County Cricket have to be quite creative about how they end up, you know, coping for the losses. And that might be a case of asking players to take a pay cut this summer. It might be with a view to try and getting some TV money early, even though the TV companies are having their own issues at the moment. So, yeah, it's um, kind of it's all up in the air and uh, not in a good way. Yeah. Mm. Fish. Um... We have so many people on the show this week, so we have to wrap it up after this one. But uh, you know, as, as someone who kind of kind of covers 
uh, a multitude of sports now for the independent. Obviously, all the news that we're reading at the moment is uh, COVID nineteen related or whatnot. You know, like, like what what do you think punters can expect to be reading or consuming in terms of sport now that it's all over? Um, but the media still lives on in kind of two, three weeks' time or even two, three months' time and beyond? Well, we'll probably, you'll probably get a lot of listicles, so a lot of top 10 viruses. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but like the, you, you, you know, the best quotes about viruses. Like if, you, if you remember when, yeah. um, when Real Madrid was sitting around, sitting around Cristiano Ronaldo when he was at Manchester United, trying to say that he wouldn't even sell them a virus. <laughs> Um, you know, that's, that's got to be up there for it as well. Um, I mean, what, I, I think, you know, someone asked me this the other day, and I think kind of fundamentally, like, our job is, you know, it, sports journalism does take itself too seriously at times, but and, and now especially is the time for to step back and be like, right, there are, there are bigger fucking things at play here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you still want to crack on and, and give people any kind of release. And I'm, you know, I'll just myself if one of you provides a release for yourself as well, if you're if you're doing something and picking over. And I think what what I've seen anyway from from the sports journalism and specifically like the cricket community, I think a lot of people are pulling in together and um, you know, working working towards kind of getting everyone out of this slump. I mean the fact that English people are saying nice things about a documentary on the Australia test team, so they're all I think that's the that's where we're at at the moment. <laughs> kind of self imposed Stockholm syndrome. But, um, I was actually I was actually kind of in a period of, uh, well, this is supposed to be a period of me kind of stepping away from sport for a bit because um, it was actually supposed to be my wedding yesterday. Uh, so I've had to, uh, we had to call it off uh, last week. Oh, I'm sorry, which, mate. Um, oh, fucking hell, man. Yeah, it was slightly disappointing, but, uh, you know, like, family can be annoying, can't they? And I think it's, um, <laughs> you know, I think, I think I have God's one there. So oh, I just I try and avoid the boomer joke. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually just ask to retract that. And um, my partner, who's on the other side of these very thin walls, has asked if she can listen to it when I'm done. Um, and I might tell her that we didn't press record or something because I'm gonna take that back. Uh, I love all my family. I love all of her family. Um, and yeah, it would have been a special day, but it's um, it's a very, very strange, strange time. You've got, you know, I'm gonna be writing a lot of rubbish and saying a lot more rubbish in the near future. So, so look forward to that, everyone. <laughs> uh, Vish, Fatushna, Hanth, Raja that is, thanks for joining us on the Great Cricketer mate, I'm sure we'll be catching up uh, through your summer, our winter very soon Cheers lad, thanks for saving me at least for 10 minutes <laughs> He goes in the spirit of Many, many Ask TJCs coming into the podcast this week. Uh, I would like to read one out from Matt White. He says, Hi, guys. As an Englishman, these long, dark winters are the toughest for us batsmen, or so we call ourselves. However, somehow every Wednesday I find myself training at an international facility with my college okay, and showing my alpha status to my peers when me and my fellow clubmates wear our clads and long sleeve shirts to show we aren't only a level above, but shit blokes too. Nice. We ruin everyone else's net sessions with excessive appealing and dodgy reviews. But my conundrum is to really hammer home our superiority. Should I wear budgie smugglers and show them off to make sure everyone knows I'm a true cricket nuffy slash badger? This is something that's been on my mind for quite a while, and an upturn in my form has led me to believe it's time to really show them who the best player is. Cheers, gents. Matt. All right, Matt. Well, I'm going to turn this into an ad. Uh, here he goes. <laughs> And Matt's not getting any cut uh, of this either. 
Uh, <laughs> is Matt, is Matt going to even hear his question read out? Is he going to skip the ad? Is that what's mm. going to happen? I don't, mate. Yeah, go for it. We're the budgies. That's what the pros mm. are doing. Don't worry about. Don't worry about us. I mean, if you're going to if you're going to fully commit to it, you obviously have to wear one of the two lines that the great mm. cricketer has on budgiesmuggle.com.au. But if you're going to flex, go for it. I mean, you have flexing the question by saying that you go to college, international facility with my college. And showing my alpha status to my peers. I mean, there's nothing less alpha than calling yourself an alpha. We've addressed that many times in this show. Um, but uh, speaking as an alpha male, um, yeah, mate, go with the budgies. And when you do it, know you'll be doing it and know you'll be wearing Australian-owned, Australian-made smugglers point. that you can Good purchase point. at budgiesmuggler.com.au. Okay, he's our mate from England's north, best known here for a season or two alongside Steve Smith for Sutherland uh, before playing yeah. a little bit of cricket for Yorkshire in England. Uh, it's Tim Breslin on the line uh, in lockdown. G'day, Brezzy lad. G'day. How's it going? <laughs> Rollicking stuff. Um, right uh, yesterday on Twitter, um, David Bumble Lloyd said, if you're in a pub, fuck off home, um, to which you replied yeah. what he said. What's the virus vibe in the UK at the moment, mate? Uh, pretty much that, to be fair. If you're in a pub, you really shouldn't be at this moment in time. There's, you know, ICUs all over the country are filling up. Um, I think the the NHS is severely under stress and everyone has been told to stay indoors, limit contact as much as possible. And most people are respecting respecting that. But obviously you get the usual dickheads like what you had people on the beach and shit um i think it's gonna be yeah it's gonna get it's gonna get gonna get real from here from here on in i think it's gonna get real Mate, uh, there's been uh, what was the announcement the other day about there's going to be no pro cricket in England until the end of May, May 28. I mean, how have the how have the players accepted that? He sort of just taken in your stride, or was it a bit of a blow? Or like, yeah, what was the sort of reaction to that news? Yeah, obviously it's a blow. Um, but as as far as I'm concerned, these are my thoughts. Uh, that's big for everyone. But mm. you know, we've got to do the right thing as far as what the country is going through and the world. So if that's what has to happen, that's what has to happen, you know. Um, it kind of puts it into a little bit of perspective, doesn't it, you know. Mm. Uh, there's a global pandemic and we're just tossing a little bit of leather around. Mm. I mean, so, like there's, there's big conversations here about particularly a couple of codes that are still going. I mean, the AFL just shut down as we go to where the NRL might be following suit, but we're not sure yet and yeah. there's this kind of sense you can only generalize about it but like a couple of pro sports people are like look you know that the country kind of needs it you know and uh we, we just want to mm-hmm. keep playing like is that do you get in a similar vibe like you can only generalize with similar vibe with pro sports people over in the uk as well like do, do you have mates or people you know who sort of, who might not get it or most most people you speak to the, all the circles you run in pretty across the, the importance of staying inside yeah. Well, I think most people, especially in cricket, have actually got a brain. So, um, <laughs> obviously, uh, that's no slant against the AFL boys, but all the rugby lads, footy, footy, footy. So, yeah, we, uh, we get it. We get it. Um, um, you, you just got to do the right thing, you know. Sport is important for 
for the well-being of you know everyone that plays it, everyone that you know socialises with it, um, everyone that watches it. It's a it's kind of a release, but you know you're just gonna have to find something else at this moment. I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it did it did actually surprise me that the AFL was still going and. I spoke to one of my mates actually in Sydney. He's like, mate, I'm actually watching a game of AFL right now. They're literally spitting, sweating, you know, like tackling, mm-hmm. cobbing shit all over each other. And and then they go an elbow touch at the end of the game. It's like, yeah. it's bonkers. It is bonkers. Yeah. Well, they didn't even, they didn't want to sing the club songs uh, next to each other either because... Um... Through through fear of spreading the virus, after playing four quarters, um, of you know doing exactly that, but short um, quarters. Hey, yeah, short and quarters. Yeah, good point. Good point. Uh, what what are you doing at the moment, Brez? I mean, do you guys you, can you guys even train? Um, you yeah, guys we're, on a, we're on a, yeah. it's, it's funny actually. We're on a satellite program, which is basically um, it's working from home. So <laughs> yeah, right. you know, most of uh, I'm using the hills of sunny Yorkshire at this moment in time to my advantage and getting right. some running in yeah. um, obviously 2.3 metres distance from anyone else around <laughs> me um, and you know the the club have been great you know the uh, the medical team have sent out gym equipment you know if lads want to keep up their strength training and stuff um, I obviously asked for the uh, 50 kg dumbbells um, <laughs> obviously yep yeah. obviously well, the uh, the fitness guy was like, why do you need them, mate? I was like, oh, the trampoline keeps blowing away. I just want something that works down. <laughs> and you can see all the Tim's shows this, this year at the Leeds Comedy Festival. <laughs> um, oh, well, on, on that note, you've, you've got a new podcast coming out um and you actually dm'd us asking if we were worried that you might offer us off um once again showing that sports people aren't content enough to get attention on the field they need to get all the attention offered as well so maybe um tell us a bit about the cast and and how you're going to offer us (laughs) well obviously that was one of my dad jokes are very poor jokes obviously because you're giving me a bit of a platform right now to uh to plug my own podcast. Mm. Um, obviously, the club Yorkshire thought that you know now would be a good time to start. They've been wanting to do it for ages, but seeing as everyone's got a shit ton of time on their hands, mm. um, let's do it. So, yeah, we recorded the first one the other day. Um, hopefully, a preview of such might be going out tomorrow, or even the actual cast. We're not sure. Um, we actually recorded it and then sent it to a producer. And she just basically emailed back and went, yeah, boys, it's shit. Um, <laughs> do it again. <laughs> so she she got the first alpha in right there. Um, I mean, what's the vibe of yeah, it? Is, it? is it like really a vanilla chat about yeah. cricket where you can't say what you actually yeah. think or are you going deep, you know, no, no, off-field um, It's actually, uh, yeah, the, the, the title is Yorkshire Cricket Pulling the Covers Off. So, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, that's a, it's a double or triple entendre, that, isn't it? You know, we have a load of rain over here, so we, we tend to pull the covers off and get going quite a lot. Right. Also, if you're uncovering something, you know, you get the gist, don't you? I don't have to explain <laughs> no, no, it to really. you guys. You're pretty smart. <laughs> no, I keep yeah. going. There's no dream analysis. I mean, I, I'm breaking the, the fourth wall here, but... um. 
uh, I, I messaged you uh, what was a couple of weeks ago, and I uh, about a dream that I had um, where yeah. you were bowling bounces at me, and I was yeah. some for some reason trying to play it on drive, and you hit me in the chin, and I told you that, yeah. and then you, you replied simply with rent free. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you had any uh, more thoughts about the dream that I had? Well, no, other than the fact that I've been living in your head rent-free <laughs> since pretty much the time we met. So, hence my reply. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, well, <laughs> well I, just like obviously things are getting pretty pretty weird on, on this call, but also people are staying in their own house. So we saw um, Josh Butler posting pics of his missus uh, manipulating him into different Pilates positions while he wears full whites and full kit. Um, so just like podcast yeah. aside, is there any weird stuff you're you're starting to do now in lockdown? Yeah, <laughs> a podcast. That's what the world That's needs: is a couple weird. more white Wait, guys giving their opinions, it. eh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I just, I don't know how you boys do it. You know, we we recorded the first episode, and uh, it was very unprofessional, very off the cuff, um, to the point where my co-host actually said, "Mate." Can I go for a piss? <laughs> Halfway through, I was like, "What are you? Twelve? I told you to go before we started." Um, I but, yeah, need like, to listen to the show. <laughs> you might have to listen to it. Um, I'll uh, I'll flick you the details once it's once it's out and loaded up. But yeah, thanks for the plug, the cheap plug as well. Like uh, Matt, um, have you um have you been watching the tests at all? The the Amazon doco. I know a few of my mates in the UK have been watching it. They've been they're saying it's pretty good. There's obviously uh, I think we, when we spoke after the Headingley test match on on the on the podcast, didn't we? Uh, and you were yeah. playing, you heard like a roar from across the way. Uh, have you have you yeah. watched it all? Have you got any thoughts on it? Uh, I haven't watched it at all. Okay. Um, no interest. Uh, I do. I carry a little bit of interest, obviously, because I know a few of the guys quite well. Um, Having played with them, big bash and stuff like that, and against them for years, oh, yeah. and obviously I know star of the show Dale pretty well mm-hmm. from stint of the Scorchers. Um, mm. I actually heard his, his interview on your uh, your podcast last week or whatever the blue carpet episode. Mm. Mm. Um, he sounded pretty jovial, to be fair, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, he was all right. He was good. Um, yeah, yeah. He actually he said um, he said he's he's never been invited onto the show. I've uh, done that about eight times, and then we, we did it again. And yeah. <laughs> he's not on. He's <laughs> once again he's not on the show. <laughs> there was a crowd well, that came it, out. It sounds to me like he made it on through the back door. Mm. Come on, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Tim, we, we talked earlier in the show about you know some very we're getting some very important communication about this virus that's coming through COVID-19 and um one of the you know huge cricket figures Sachin Tendulkar has given his own thoughts on it mm-hmm. uh, and he compared mm-hmm. the mentality that we need for coronavirus to test cricket mentality um he said you know yeah. when you don't understand the pitch conditions or the bowler defense becomes the best form of attack uh, patience is what we require yeah. now if we have to defend well um, and then he also said yeah. we'll, we'll take it session by session and eventually emerge victorious. Like, do you agree with that assessment, or are you more of the mind that someone should develop like a black market vaccine, like a ball tamper, get the ball hooping around, <laughs> go through the virus with a devastating spell of reverse, <laughs> courtesy of illegally altering the condition of the ball, or just sit back, leave, leave it outside off, going to shells? Well, I mean, what's your cricket metaphor for um, dealing with this um, wartime Thoughts? issue we've got? Uh, I think just uh, get forward. Show the full face of the bat in a solid defence type stance. Yeah, yeah. A bit like what Higo did in his dream, and, <laughs> dream until it smashed him under the chin. 
That's what the bars can do. Oh, which which could potentially happen yeah. in this scenario. That's I think. true. Um, I'd, to be honest, I, I can see where Sachin, the great man, is coming from there, mm. but I don't think you can relate cricket to uh, a global pandemic. Uh, I'm not sure. Do you know what? That's fucked me, that one, which is how these questions are designed, aren't they? Let's yes. be honest. Because you, you say a lot of big words and confuse people, don't you, Pev? And, <laughs> yes. And then most of the time they just go, uh, yeah, or no. Um, so, yeah, no. You get me? <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I get it, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. It's me a flashback before we went on stage at Leeds and you said, you go on a bit, don't you, Pez? Which was a nice thing for you to say just before we went on stage up north. But it was true and it got it cut. Yeah. Yeah, why say why say forwards to get your point across when twenty five are just as good? Yeah. <laughs> so more more Jack Leach style defending, and we'll yeah. get through this. Awesome. Is what Preston says. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Also, yeah, Jack Leach style. I think that pretty much hits the nail on the head. Also, you got to take your glasses off and give him a wipe occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> take some time out of the game. I like what you're saying. I like it. <laughs> yeah. so buy buy hand sanitizer if you can. I'm just trying to think what it actually relates to, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, sure any, any, of it, you know. Yeah. If anyone else out there has any views on how cricket can relate to this in a, a appropriate way, uh, we'd appreciate them. Uh, he goes. Anything else from you? No, I don't think so, mate. I was just going to say Leeds are doing well, um, but um, that's just <sighs> enough. You had to. You had to go there, didn't you? Well, they'll no. mate, they'll play. They'll play. They'll finish the season. Yeah, okay. You don't know that, mate. I'm obviously talking about the yeah. Leeds Rhinos, the Rugby League franchise. No, you're not. Um, you're talking <laughs> about the Leeds United, my football team, that are yeah. top of the league. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the uh, the world has capitulated around us. Mm. And so the fact that we might not play any more football and it might be as it stands and we won't get promotion and the knock-on financial effects of the club would probably go down next year. You know, it's just it's so up in the air, as is life at this moment in time. But mm. you just got to smile through it, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I definitely noticed that your tone became decidedly more grave when we raised Leeds United. Um, than else, but, um, that's what football can do. Anyway, yeah. hope we've enjoyed yeah. this cricket podcast. Uh, so anyway, pulling the covers off. Pulling the covers off. <laughs> oh, covers off. Let's get back on something that I actually want to talk about. Uh, I mean, that's about that's about all from me. <laughs> I forgot the else. Yeah, Tim Breslin, I know you've got Mother's yeah. Day to get to. Thanks very much for joining us uh, once again and and giving us that uh, UK perspective. Yeah, no worries, boys. <laughs> you know what? In all seriousness, in all seriousness, stay safe. Wash your bloody hands, you filthy animals. Good morning, my neighbours! Hey, fuck you! Yes! Yes! Fuck you too! Pez, lovely to speak to all of our close personal friends on this show, including our new friend, Dr John Orchard, uh, Vatushin and Hathraja, and of course, Tom, Tom Bresnan. I call him Tom Bresnan now. Um, Pez, if you, uh, if you, if you got your NSA's and function coming up, no, um... Uh, we're heading to hashtag RCDC, but pairs before then some news. Some news. Funny to that. Okay. Everyone needs to listen very carefully, especially if you're someone who likes to submit stories to RCDC or you've always thought about doing one. Um, he goes Cookies and I. Are, good. 
Mm. <laughs> he goes and I just listen carefully. This is an announcement. He so, goes and I are working on something very exciting, which we're hoping to announce fully to the TGC faithful uh, this coming week. But we want to get the ball rolling on it first. Um, so if you are a regular contributor to Ask TGC, you've always wanted to tell us a story. Here's your chance. Um, we're calling on anyone who's played club cricket this year, anywhere around the world, to make written submissions for the following eight categories. Best batting innings you've seen mm-hmm. this year. doesn't have to be most runs. can be for any reason, any creative reason possible. Best batting, batting innings you've seen. Best bowling, same thing. Most frightening cricket dream you've had or heard of. Leading alpha. Just tell us about that. Best club volunteer. Best can mean whatever you want it to mean. Mm-hmm. Best rig, same thing. Best rare unit. And finally, best circuit story. is not defamatory, unsavory, unsavory or libelous. Um, there are eight categories there. There's eight categories. Submissions are now open. Please send them either to gradecricketer at gmail.com or our Facebook DMs. That's gradecricketer, not the gradecricketer. Gradecricketer at gmail.com or our Facebook DMs. Uh, there's going to be more info on this in the coming week. It's very exciting, potentially extremely funny. A few things need to be worked out. Um, please ply us with those stories from Clubland anywhere around the world and we will do the rest. That's all he goes. Good time to remind people that we're going to stick. We're going to stick with you through um, this pandemic um, until we get bored. No, <laughs> <laughs> for our own mental health. Let's, let's be honest. Out of content. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right. Nathan Manley writes in Pez to hashtag ICDC. Got a few here, but uh, we'll just we'll just do as many years until well, we're sort of getting through the time here, aren't we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll just start saying some stuff. Nathan Manley. Hi, gents. I wanted to start with a response to an email from listener Ben Lennon from episode 109 that I've been parking until this moment. Ben raised his concerns around the conduct of our club, who shall remain nameless, but apparently in a shithole captain around keeping his side around longer than he would have liked after a rain delay on day one of a two-day game. So he goes, can I just, just interrupt you? Um, Please do. This, this is a response. Like after it's a you response. Said, we've never had one of these before. So someone's made an allegation Ooh, yeah. a few weeks ago, and now there's a response coming from the captain who was um, at the centre of this allegation. So, Yes. Do you remember specifically the story? Um, it was enough. about the it was about the um, the potential cancellation of a game due to rain or heat. I can't remember what it was, and then yeah. the offending person, I think, insisted on the game being played, uh, even though there weren't enough people, and they knew it would be called off because he was trying to exploit some loophole yeah. in the law around the number of people the opposition had at the game. That's right. That's right. It was some nuffy shit. It was. <laughs> Uh, Nathan writes on, I'd like to put this story straight. <laughs> Some nuffy shit. <laughs> you called our captain a prick. That's all well and good, but I'm not happy with this because I am actually the prick that made you stay around. I'm, a- I'm actually the coach, not the captain. I'll take full brunt of the blame because you're damn right I am. Anyway, let's move on from talking about the second side who could only field nine blokes for most of the second half of the season. Might be because of all the shit chat that captain brings and talk-, and talk about the real matter at hand. Best of luck next year, champ. COVID-19 has provided our team an early minute and has awarded us with the premiership. It's hollow victory, but the boys absolutely deserve it after starting training back in July of 2019 and only losing two games for the season. Now that the virus has sent us into somewhat of a lockdown, we are trying to come up with some ideas to replace what would and should be a circuit to end all circuits celebrating a premiership. I'm wondering if you boys have any experience with rain 
rain out slash heat out victories and any ideas around how to celebrate without looking like a massive bunch of wankers. Thanks, Nathan Manley. P.S. In episode 109, you boys mentioned that I have issues in my life and and I'm very angry at something. It's like you know me. (laughs) I'm 32 years old, have red hair, and no chance of a rig-based selection and just spent a year on the sidelines after a car accident. So agreed to help coaching the club, so still had the full-time commitment of a player. All of these roadblocks, and we still came out with a flag. Fuck I love cricket. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, that's really good, Nathan. That's very good. And I hope Uh, you're okay after the car accident. Yeah, hope you're okay after the car accident and congratulations. He's got a fucking flag, hasn't he? He's got a flag to wave around. Exactly. Hey? Um, Personal experience with with a heat out washout? Well, I haven't had experience of um, of doing it in an authoritarian lockdown. So, <laughs> really, haven't you? Uh, it is. Ca- it is kind of connected to, to my announcement earlier, though. I can't say too much. I mean, mm. in the near term, the best you can do is what everyone seems to be doing, which is having some kind of you know insert platform here, Google Hangout, uh, house yeah. party, FaceTime, group mm. call, and there will be a few funny ones like that going on. In fact, I should say, um, and this is this is actually not even official, but if you do want TGC to uh, appear at any of them. <laughs> Any of your Google Hangouts, yeah, we might take a donation. I mean, I was thinking it could it could be one, it could be both of us here. You could ask Higos, you know, mainly for, for, for circuit stories and, and otherwise, or you could ask me to tell stories about Higos um, behind his back. <laughs> uh, my one is going to be better stories, but um, uh, anyway, yeah, I seriously get in touch, yeah. Um, I, um, I, I, this this club is in Adelaide because we the right. the question before we went to the um, we went to the guests was um, uh, from the, the anyway the club's in Adelaide. Uh, I was just thinking about how it's nice that it's nice that lockout laws have just ended in Sydney and now there's a lockdown um, through a pandemic. <laughs> so you know, really affecting my life. Um, as yeah. we discussed off air, Pez. Boomers really hate things. millennials. That's what that, 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 that's the take. <laughs> Uh, that mate, it's very. I mean, I live next door to a Woolies um, loading dock, and you know, it's keeping me up nights. It's keeping me up. You know, I'm thinking about making a noise complaint. Uh, you know, trucks coming in, sure, people are getting a toilet paper, but what about my sleep at two thirty in the morning? You know? Oh man, people don't think about me. Yeah, it's really weird how- hearing that, having read your tweet about that like yesterday. Mate, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, eight hours rehearsing that in the mirror this morning, <laughs> mate. How how am I supposed to meet women on the internet? And lure them yeah. to my apartment. Now we're talking. How am I? To- how am I supposed to do this in a lockdown? Mm. Where's Scott Morrison's apology to me? Where's Gil mm. McLaughlin yeah, when I on. need him? Where's Doctor John Orchard when I ask him to take a look? <laughs> That's what you can look forward to if you invite TGC or just he goes to your uh, FaceTime circuit, your virtual circuit, your chat roulette circuit. Match. <laughs> uh, yeah. So thanks, Nathan, for that. I don't really have much experience with it. He goes to you. Uh, I won a, well, my team did. We won a quarterfinal uh, with a washout, and yeah. it was, um, it, we, we were the home team, so we, we went through, and the other team were doing the covers to try and get the game on, so that was very satisfying, being the home team and watching the away team put covers on, yeah. and, uh, and like, warming up, like, taking the covers off in their whites when it was raining. Yeah, um, awesome. So that, that's, kind of the, that's kind of the satisfaction you need. And those are, those are memories that you'll take for life. Mm. Max Savochkin. I think, writes in. Uh, Mm -hmm. He says, Max Savochkin, hi TGC. (laughs) I come to you with a major issue. Before the World Cup in the summer, I was a cricket fan, but didn't follow it too closely. 
although brackets, although being an Englishman, this still means checking the score at the end of every day's play and knowing Joe Root's up-to-date batting average. Close brackets. Yep. After that delightful Sunday afternoon in July, now we know his English. Um, however, I began to watch every... Yeah, a lot of commas as well. I began yeah. to watch every game, and by the time I'd attended the final day of the Old Trafford Ashes test, I was hooked. Brackets. I'd like to say I remember the moment Australia won, but my last memory is dropping a catch of a six-year-old during the tea break game of concourse cricket, after which I was required to neck three pints by the surrounding middle-aged alphas. Close brackets. Since then, my life has descended into a cricket-obsessed chaos. I dream about Ollie Pope's uppercuts over the slips and Joe Root's back foot punches through backward point. Mm-hmm. My housemates think I'm sad for shadow batting in the kitchen, and I even blew a potential chop when I fired up the England v New Zealand Test Match stream on my phone whilst out on the circuit in order to see if Joe Root has got his double hundred. Brackets, the fact he had almost made up for the loss the fact, the fact he had almost made up for the lost shot, close brackets. Mm-hmm. My question is simply, how do I real, release myself from this obsession? There is only so much longer I can spend lectures wondering how many spinners we would have played in our now postponed two-test series, or series in Sri Lanka, and whether um, folks is better than Butler. Two and yes, the answers. I think by realising I have a problem, I have taken the first step. Please help. Cheers, boys. Max. Mate, I think it's pretty normal to think about Ollie Pope and his uppercuts, especially how he played in South Africa. I think the English fans out there will really appreciate that. It's a, it's a nice visceral reaction and something you can look forward to for many years, fingers crossed. Um, yeah, my view is... Uh, go on here, sorry. Uh, and, then, and then he kind of lost me by saying that he, he lost a potential chop by streaming England and New Zealand test match on his phone whilst out on the circuit. Come yeah. on, Max, mate, what's going on? What's going on, man? Like, do you, you I mean, you, you kind of, you're projecting what you want there. And what you wanted was Joe Root's double hundred. I mean, that, which is fine. That's what you want. But, I mean, don't lie to us and say there's a potential chop happening. Because if any, if there's a potential chop happening, you're not pulling out your phone, opening up the Sky Sports app or whatever the app is, and just knocking out a bit of, a bit of England v NZ, a bit of Colin de Grandhome, you know, at Lords. I don't think you're doing that, bro. So... No, I don't like that. Ollie Pope, yeah, more of that. More of that. Don't fucking cost yourself a chop. I mean, think about these times. We're heading into a sexual recession, you know, Max. As a <laughs> Good God, man. Keep going. It's <laughs> your best work. <laughs> I, can't, I can't tell you how fucking <laughs> incongruous it is to be talking to you. Just a microphone in my apartment. <laughs> Saying the words, we're heading into a sexual recession, bro. (laughs) Starting to call him bra. Uh, Anyway, Max, I feel you. I feel you. I like Uh, Ollie Pope, and um, don't don't waste more opportunities on the circuits. Well, for Max, it sounds like he's just recently fallen in love with the game, so he's actually in this wonderful place Mm. where he's having really earnest. A like, earnest kind of imagery in his head. Oh, Ollie Pope's uppercut, Joe Root off mm. the back foot. Like, mm-hmm. brother, just play the game for three to six months and those dreams will fucking rapidly <laughs> descend. <laughs> you know? And you'll start to experience the true bleakness of this game, mm. which you obviously can't now because you're under authoritarian rule and you can't leave your house. But mm. um, that aside, yeah, you just need to stick with the game for a little bit of time and you'll, you'll understand the blackness uh, that, that it can bring. And... With any luck, you might actually find some um, some of the magic that lies within there. That's that's the real stuff with cricket. 
Not Ollie Pope oversleeps. Like, that's just... Uh, Ollie Pope uppercut oversleeps his the fucking cream on the cake. That's Mark yeah. Gore off the pads shit, yeah. you know? Yeah. Not at the same level, uh, of yeah. course. But, like, yeah. that's... The, you go, oh, that, that's really nice. I'll, I'll show that to, like, you know, audiences I want to bring into cricket. The, the real stuff mm-hmm. is the is the dark arts. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, oh, he got that ball going Irish with, you know, whatever implement mm-hmm. he used. Like, like mm-hmm. that's the shit that you get. That's that's the real shit. Isn't the real shit when you turn up and you, and you don't get the seat that you want in the dressing room because you're five minutes late? And so you get to you don't get the right part of the dressing room, and yeah. like everyone's especially in England where everyone puts their kits on the benches yeah. and the small dressing rooms anyway. Why yeah. why are you doing that, in England? Why why are all the bags and the, why are all the kits? Why are all the duffels on the benches? Yeah. Where do you sit? Don't make any sense. The real shit is like, um, you know, playing in a lower grade with someone that you are markedly better than <laughs> as a junior, yeah. and um, and. <laughs> At the age of twenty three, going, why am I here with this person who was so shit in juniors, and we've somehow yeah. ended up in the same grade? And then you nick off, or where you didn't hit it, or whatever. Then you fucking take your pads off, go out into the pavilion, they and they're now facing the fucking sixteen year old leg spinner who's bowling full tosses mm. and dispatching them mm. everywhere on their way to forty four, and maybe going up a grade. <laughs> While you Isn't languish. the real stuff? <laughs> we could go for fucking three yeah. hours. Yeah. Hey, should we just do one more? Yeah, one more. Yeah. Um, should we do? Should we do Riley's one? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Riley says, "Dear RCDC, I play shit division cricket in East Melbourne as an opening bowler that thinks he's rapid but bowls slower than the forty-five-year-old spinner." This is all lowercase. <laughs> I've, I've done my courtesy and broken up into paragraphs as well. Yeah, this is basically all one sentence. Yeah. Um, I've recently lost my drive and commitment for cricket. I just do not seem to enjoy playing where I do. My friend plays in a one-day competition that is a bit further of a drive, but I know I'll at least enjoy their company more than I do at my current club. However, my dilemma is that my dad is a life member and club legend at the club I currently play at and have no clue how to tell him if I want to move. Cheers, lads. Love the cast. Heart, heart, heart. Uh, yeah, I, I, this is a short one, but I suspect this is actually really complicated. It like, is. Be- because everything points towards going to enjoy your cricket with your friends. Yeah. Like, like Riley understa- Riley's, um, Riley's literacy isn't great looking mm. at the screen, but mm. he's smart enough to know that mm. I should <laughs> go and enjoy my cricket with my friends, which is much better than having literacy really anyway. It's it's, it's real life stuff. Good point. Uh, and just he, then he just punctuates it at the end by saying, but my dad's going to be disappointed at, you know, with me. <sighs> and and then there's three hearts at the end that are entirely incongruous with what he said as well, like mm-hmm. big red hearts. And mm. I'm just really worried about Riley. And I'd, I'd trade carefully. Like ordinarily I'd say, be your own man, Riley. Mm. You're a man. And, and lead your own life. And through that leadership, you will be sending a positive message to your dad. He may not understand it at the start, but in the way he's lived his own life, you need to live yours. But hmm. I worry about the dad here. Riley uh, sent in a subsequent message that he's 67 years old. Um, he is or he's... <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's not. He's not. He's, he's 20-something. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to find that funny. Still got dad stuff going on. He's 67. He's a granddad himself. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, fuck, I'm going insane, man. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's complicated. It's really his life of Riley. Uh, that's the... 
that's the way we can end this this podcast. Hey, uh, thanks thanks for tuning in. Uh, I know everyone around the world is trapped in their homes at the moment, um, but we're all going to get through this together. And hopefully, even though we've spoken about COVID nineteen several times throughout the show, hopefully we've we've distra- distracted you enough and made you laugh a couple of times. And, as well. and remember, and, if you do have any submissions for best exactly. batting, bowling, frightening cricket dream, leading alpha. Club volunteer, rig, rare unit, or circuit story that's not defamatory, unsavory, or libelous, please submit them. Gradecricketer at gmail.com or Facebook DMs. More info this week. See you guys next week. Play good, look good, feel good.